Hello, and welcome to Tales of Creation, a Learn From Gaming podcast. This is episode 5 of our actual play series for Exalted 3rd Edition, a tabletop game for Onyx Path Publishing. My name is Chase Strollenberg, the storyteller, and I am joined today by Stu Gritter playing as Rojin the Shaper, Dan Murray playing as Kair, and Fred Rojas playing as Raven the Lucky. Off the top, I want to let our audience know that this is our first episode with combat, and things get a little bit messy. We make a few mistakes, uh, specifically around initiative mechanics, uh, but we learned a bit from our mistakes, and uh, it should be noted that episodes 6 and 7, which have already been recorded, will also feature combat, and we are getting much better at the flow and the mechanics of the uh, the whole system. So look forward to those. This first one, you, you'll be able to see how it was intentionally designed to force people to learn how to do things like decisive attacks as well as weathering attacks and weighing the pros and cons of performing those uh yeah you'll, you'll just have to listen to the episode to really understand what i'm talking about uh, also i wanted to apologize for my audio on um, this episode it, it gets a little quiet i've got a bad habit of leaning back in my chair and away from the mic and i did that a lot this episode and it really shows up I apologize if this ends up being an issue for anyone. If you have any comments, thoughts on this podcast, or any concerns about how things are going for Learn From Gaming, please feel free to email us at learnfromgamingpodcast at gmail.com or contact us through DM on Facebook or Twitter. Now, let's get back to the story. Hello, and welcome to Learn From Gaming's Tales of Creation, an exalted third edition podcast. I'm here with Stu Gritter, uh, oh dear, uh, Fred Rojas, and, hey. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I just got a case, of, I have a case of the, the giggles. giggles, and Dan Murray, and uh, we are about to jump into our fifth episode of the series. There is a little bit of shenanigans that happened at the beginning of, before we started recording, that will probably show up somewhere in a laugh track, and I will be so upset. But for those of you joining us for the first time, if you enjoy what you're hearing this episode, feel free to reach back. This is the intent of this episode is to introduce the players to combat for the first time <laughs> because they have successfully evaded it thus far. And I'm really trying to ensure that they don't this time around. I believe, Dan, you have a summary prepared from the Journal of Kair that you would like to read out loud. Uh, yeah, I could do that. I can share this with the class. Um, it would be appreciated. This was done, uh, not not particularly written in in Kyer's words, but uh, mostly just as a last time on Dragon Ball Z kind of thing. But uh, yeah, okay. Rojan, Raven, and Kyer began in the guild, and observed an older gentleman equipped in red jade, including an artifact buff jacket type armor and a grand red dyclave. He, upon noticing their arrival, called in his subordinates, waiting outside on the account that the group had slipped past them. Rojan made a point of bringing the group into the central office waiting room, which was attended by a pair of Volivat guards. There were no weapons allowed in this space, though Rojan, attempting to shut the doors behind him, was quickly instructed to leave them open. Almost immediately, the party were followed in by their watcher, flanked by the woman from out front of the guild and the man encountered in the crowd of the previous day, Dragonblood's all, though unarmed. The leader, introducing himself as Ophris Ledane, named his second hand as Baranos Sidious Flicka. I hope I got that right. 
You did. Um, and referred to the third only as her immediate understudy. Ladane advised Rogen to proceed in his dealings with some care, going so far as to blatantly threaten the lives of Rogen's followers, should he not cater to their whims. Rogen, responding that he'd just as quickly kill them in return, brought an abrupt halt to negotiations, with Grand Pomican's pipe falling from her mouth in stupefied shock. The Dragonbloods were asked to leave by the guard, and a moment of anger flashed on Ladane's face, along with a faint flicker of flame around his shoulder. Afterwards, the party were introduced to the guildheads, Yoshiro Kyo and Yoshiro Motoko, who arrived arguing quietly about their sons, Shinji and Gendo. Both adorned in jade and both clearly dragonbloods. Some discussion brought out some bits of information. The demon summoning was Isir originated, and Kyo wished for an additional percentage in the guild's stake of Raven's claim. After some intense negotiations back and forth, Rojan agreed to the terms provided that guards were provided to the guild to protect miners and other workers. A Volivat mercenary crew named the Lesser Sons was to be commissioned by the guild for this work. And with that, the claim was ratified. Going forward, there was a mine to explore, a luncheon to be had, and perhaps a gala hosted by the Yoshiro family. That is very... That was very well done. Thank you very much, Dan. So, we are going to begin almost where we left off i'm uh, this it's important because there has been a direct threat put against rojin's actual church uh he has what um i guess it's more of a cult of personality than it is a cult of of worship that's up for debate once you actually meet the individuals involved but there was a threat placed against his church and Stu, who is playing rojin <laughs> has expressed some interest in making sure that that doesn't sort of get followed through yeah. Huh. So if there aren't any objections from anybody else on the team, uh, I'm thinking maybe we can we can have you leaving. You've just finished talking to Motoko. Motoko has actually just had a conver- a quick conversation with Raven and expressed some some genuine excitement over uh, getting to talk about the scavenger lands again. Right. <laughs> and. You can exit out. When you exit out, you notice that the dragon-blooded have gone over to what would effectively be their offices. Grand Pomican has collected her pipe and <laughs> is nowhere to be seen. She's in the Champur area now, so she's sort of behind viewing screens and bamboo doors. But everyone who is visible is still looking at this office as you emerge with the ex- with the exception of Lady Abacus herself, who is busy working away, she now has a bunch of subcontracts she has to establish, specifically a subcontract with the Lesser Sons to notify them that they are at your disposal. So she is busy doing that as you walk by her desk at reception, and you are all welcome to make perception awareness rolls if you would like. Uh, Rojan is going to pass on this. He uh, has uh, an intent state of mind. He has a, a plan, something he's really, like a furrowed brow exiting the building, has something to do. Uh, I have rolled a two. And I have rolled a six successes. Kyer with two, you really notice the the eyes from everybody. It's a little bit of apprehension. There's even a little bit of excitement. Um, and most specifically with, with the two successes that you just got, there is also 
definitely hostility emanating. Like you can see that Ladane is looking in your direction and is not happy. You can also see that Flicka is there too. With six successes, Raven, Mm -hmm. you catch a little bit more than anybody else and then some. It's not just that the third Flicka's understudy isn't there. It's that none of the military that was initially here or outside, because you can actually sort of peek outside as you're walking, seems to be there. So whatever military elements were here have shifted somewhere else. Great. And am I correct, Rojan just... Like, do do we catch that he's gone? (laughs) Uh, With a six and a two, yes, you know that he is walking. (laughs) Ladane's cold stare is just bouncing off my pectorals. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if Ladane can see himself in the oil. (laughs) I I really hope so. Okay, so then... Stu, you are interested in going directly to the church itself? Uh, I don't know if there actually was a church. I was intent on heading to my office. Okay, yeah, good call. So your office is actually, it's just across the street. Uh, it's about half a block down because there's your home and then your office is slightly removed. It's, it's about a block away. But it's it's in the right direction. So it's in the direction uh, and just... So everybody is clear. Your worshipers have sort of a makeshift church. Okay. That they've been starting to get together, but they wanted to surprise you. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. But one of them has already told you that it exists, so it's not going to be a very good surprise. Okay, okay. Like, yeah, why why not surprise the best artisan in town with a building? (laughs) Well, they're trying to emulate perfection. Yeah, well, we'll see how that goes. It's probably burning right now. All right. Um, so here, okay. just give me one second. Look. Does, so Rojan does know it exists. Does he know the location? He does, yes. Is it? Is the office on the way? The office is on the way, yes. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Go into the office first. Yeah, just give me one second. I have to open up another file. I don't know why I didn't think about this first. I forgot people's names. Uh, <laughs> I'm specifically going to be chasing down Carrick and Rochelle. Carrick and Rochelle are my two retainers. They're basically operating my carpet, my my house building business. So, so Carrick deals with like logistics and a little bit of carpentry when I when it's stuff that I'm not necessarily needed for. And Rochelle is kind of like the business contact, the secretary, um, the high class mingler. She kind of does more with getting the contracts. Oh, that's okay. fantastic. I definitely need to talk to one of them about getting a house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would be, Rochelle would be the one you'd want to talk to. But I'm, okay. I'm going to the office to make sure that they are there and safe and talk with them. Okay. Uh, would, um, do you think I would have met them uh, in the time that, short time that I had spent with you before Raven appeared? Um, maybe you haven't spent a ton of time with them because I probably haven't, but you would at least know of them. Okay. All right, so you're walking down the street. This is one of those situations where you would be looked at anyway, uh, like Rojan would be looked at anyway. (laughs) But your reputation has preceded you because Raven showed up recently. 
Kyer is a known quantity. He's been here for a couple of days, so but he also stands out. But Rojin has always stood out. The difference is, it's like you kicked a bee's nest, ran away, then somehow snuck back in. <laughs> so everybody's eyes are on you everywhere you're going. You're noticing that people are pulling each other to the side and everybody's having like small little conversations and, and whispered, murmured thoughts. That they're, and it's it's really just, oh, that's them. Or they're, like there's Rojin or <laughs> unfortunately people haven't gotten to know your names yet. Uh, like Kair, one or two of them might actually know you. You, you might hear somebody mention something just because you've been around Rojin. But Raven is still sort of a mystery to the town. I expect Raven would like that to change. Yeah, I don't want to be the dark brooding chick. Yeah. Who's plus <laughs> oneing these boys, uh, so <laughs> it's not hard to get to where you wanna be. Yep. The the crowds that would usually come and talk to you, Rojin, are avoiding you today. They're looking at you, but they're avoiding you. Okay. So your office is a a small single story sort of bungalow. This mm. one is made out of made out of stone. It's actually one of the first buildings you built. It does not have one of those statues, but you have been yeah. meaning to get around to it. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> when you enter, Rochelle Rochelle is actually busy working on something, but you can see just by entering, like she looks up and directly at you and you can see that she's maybe a little bit stressed she's disheveled she doesn't look like she slept or maybe the fact that there's a bunch of dirty dishes and stuff on her desk which isn't the norm would suggest that not only has she not slept but she hasn't left the office recently now when she sees you she jumps up and says rojan Everybody's been looking for you. Where have you been? Uh, I've been a little occupied with this whole mining thing. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. And she stands up, she, she walks over to you, and then as she's coming over, like, she's excited to see you. But as she's coming over, she does one of these sort of almost a sidestep and lean and sees that you have an entourage, which isn't always weird. <laughs> She's like, oh, you you brought... Uh, mm, mm. And I just kind of go, hi. Yes, yes. <laughs> Kyer and Raven are, are with me right now, yes. Uh, okay, so Kyer, I we've met once, and Raven, I've heard of you. I think everybody in town is looking for you. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know if that's completely true anymore, but yeah. Okay, right. So, boss, and she turns back to you. Uh, the Champur goons came in. Mm-hmm. Um, Prasad came in. Mm-hmm. Not 100% sure, but I think maybe, you know, something's telling me the Asir are watching this place. Oh, probably. The only people who haven't shown up yet is the Volavad, but, but, right now Carrick is actually across, uh, he, he's across the river, he is dealing with, um, he's actually dealing with a guild member right now, uh, they're setting up some kind of, uh, some kind of new farmhouse, 
So, uh, like one of the guild farmers out there has, has tried to commission something through you. So that's, uh, that's actually one of your next gigs. Cool. Excellent. Do you, uh, do you use, do you have like a runner available? Like, do you send messages quickly with people from the street? Yeah, I can, I can use somebody on the street or we could use, uh, a Chibikame. That'll do. Uh, I need him now. Okay. Um, just give me one second. And she goes back to her desk. She reaches in, she pulls out what looks to be a sort of candle and lights it. And when she lights it, it gives off this scent of almost sandalwood. And she utters a few words. Anybody who wants to can make a linguistics roll. Sure. That sounds delightful. I'm super curious. <laughs> just uh, straight linguistics? Yep, straight linguistics will do. I'm going to remain super curious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, it's uh, intelligence linguistics. That's my bad. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a little different. Holy. So six successes on six dice. Two successes on six dice. <laughs> And zero successes on six dice. Not a botch, though. Not a botch. Yeah, very clear. Yeah, I saw the zero and I was like, what? This is the part where Raven screams, she's speaking in tongues and splashes holy water on her. Okay. So, Kair. And then um, she was arrested. (laughs) I can give it to both of you. This isn't difficult. It's it's a little lesser known language, but the difference between your two roles is Kair... You know what language he's speaking, and then Rojin, you know that she's speaking it badly. <laughs> it's Old Realm, oh, okay. and this is this is a language that you speak. It's the language of basically any deities, and demons also speak it, but it's like the only language that they, they speak. It's the language of creation, like the initial creation of the world. She utters of a few of those foreign words, and then... From the flame of the candle, there's a pop, and what appears to be, it looks like a marshmallow if it were made out of flame. Now, Rojin, you are used to this. Yeah. Uh, Kair, you, you understand the concept of uh, Chibikame. They're, they're just the tiny gods that exist in specifically... Like, anywhere you, you can find them. A, a really good example is if anybody's seen Princess Mononoke, the... Um, in the forest, when they go to the forest, what are those? Uh, oh, kodamas? yeah. The, the kodamas, kodama. they, yeah. their heads twist a little bit and they shake and they make like little rattle sounds. This is effectively one of them, but it's like a city version. So th- think almost industrial or uh, modern. So she's been able to invoke this thing from this very specific candle. And she's like, okay, boss, uh, what do you need me to tell him? He needs to... And where is he going? Uh, he needs to meet us uh, probably close to the town center. He needs to come in and find us. Uh, we're going to walk through the town, but he, probably he can meet us close to the town center. Okay. Uh, what time? The ferries only run at certain times of day. Immediately. If he needs to pay somebody to cross, like, now. Now's the time. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> she communicates that to the <laughs> the little uh, Chibikame and it nods its head and then it scurries up to the door and the door is shut so it looks up at Raven who is standing right there and then points at the door <laughs> I awkwardly uh, open the door and 
let it out, and then it slips out, and it's gone. Cute. Cute, I say. (laughs) I look at Raven, nod once, and say, good job. Thanks. (laughs) Okay, pretty good for someone who botched a ling... Well, who nearly (laughs) botched a linguistics check. (laughs) You did not botch it. No, nearly. Oh, no. Then I would have misinterpreted. Something particularly (laughs) bad about a relative. Um, Oh, that would have been fun. That would have been bad. That would have been Uh, fun. Okay. So Rochelle looks looks at at you again. Excellent. Why, um, why are we pulling him off a gig? Uh, it's for his safety, and this is for your safety as well. You're going to have to come walk with us. We're going to go check out the mine. But first we're going to walk through the town. Sorry, like the, the mine up the street? The mine? The mine, like the claim that we just got. We're going to go reconnoiter it. Wait, we've got a claim? Yes. Uh, Isn't that a death sentence? No. It'll be okay. If you help us reconnoiter the claim, then uh, then you'll be safe. Okay, okay, wait, boss. Wait, wait, just one second. Yep. Okay. There are a number of rules in town, and one of them specifically is you never get a claim unless you're an actual original claim holder yeah we got that because somebody else is just gonna kill you i'm sorry what yeah it's it's already it's already been affirmed everything's fine we're safe you're an original claim holder effectively yes that's where i come in (laughs) yes okay so then what are you worried about uh well some bad people came and decided that they threatened to kill everyone that i know and love and you fall into that category so i need you to come with me Right, but, like, you understand the oath as well as I do. I, like, we're effectively, we're untouchable now. You, me, Garrick, Mm. like, we're untouchable. Like, we belong to your organization. If you're a claim holder, we're fine. There's some fuzzy ground in there where is, if you, since you're associated with a different business, you might still be... Uh, are you sure about that? And you're going to want to do an intelligence bureaucracy role if you want to. Everybody can because we have basically outlined the condition. That's a good point. Uh, well, this one's a difficulty three. Three successes. I had three successes. So. Um, Rojan, you you are still concerned, and for for valid reason, uh, you, you're not be, you're not able to penetrate the bureaucracy of it. Um, however, both uh, Raven and Kair are able to figure out that um, based on the contract that you just signed including the fine print the uh, this organization is attached directly to Rogen. This is a Rogen subsidiary. That means that yeah, actually both uh, both employees can't be targeted. Maybe they could get roughed up a little bit, but once you go too far, you break the oath. The difference between these employees and your church is your church is sort of a volunteer thing. It is the the church of Rojan, but these are people who have chosen to follow you. They are not people who are directly within an organization that you have established. I, Rojan is also absolutely convinced that Rochelle and Carrick's immediate friends and families will be targeted. 
that is valid. <laughs> <laughs> and he feels obligated to make that fact known to the both of them. Okay, so uh, does he do so right now? Yes. So basically, Rochelle, even if you are protected, those close to you won't be, and I would like them to be. Uh, mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they're across the Dreaming Sea. Anyone in town, if there's anyone in town, like lunch mates, dinner mates, other mates, uh, now's <laughs> the time to... Uh, <laughs> Gather them up. We're gonna have any dates lately. <laughs> I'm gonna have a little march <laughs> up to the mine. That's all. Okay. Look, I I get it. You want to pull me out of this office? I get it. I'm coming. And I mean, I don't I don't send I don't send little flamey out for nothing. Uh, so you better believe our partner in crime will be showing up sometime soon. Excellent. On to the church then. If there is anybody else in town that you th- want to protect, go and get them and meet us at the town center. I don't even know if there's anybody else in town I want to talk to. <laughs> That's, uh, fair. I mean, <laughs> That's fair. I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, they, if if we're being real, we're kind of in uh, we're kind of in the back Not country. The best um, place in the world. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. And Prasad, I mean, I like I like Flicka, uh, but sometimes she can get a little uppity, and she really likes to bring up the fact that she's dragon blooded all the time. Whoa. And how I should should worship her, you know, like when we're drinking together, sometimes she'll she'll really bring that up. It's weird. She's really stuck on that. That's Tires. good. I'm gonna start walking now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so then then she falls she falls back. Um, she continues to talk the entire way, and she she notices Raven. Uh, <laughs> she gets particularly excited. So where are you from? What are you doing? <laughs> Why is everybody after you? Why is everybody asking me so many questions here? Um, I'm from not around here. I obviously have connections. I, I was told to uh, check out this lovely place called Kajaru, and I'm realizing that uh, what I was sold on was not necessarily an accurate bit of goods. Okay. But I'm making it work. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, you look like a lady who can take care of herself. Uh, name's Rochelle. Nice to meet you. She sticks her hand out. Yep, I greet her warmly. Oh, nice to meet you. Not a hug or anything. I just shake her hand. <laughs> oh, you're my best friend <laughs> in this dirt pile. I might even be politely slightly short, like being like, there is a story here, uh, and I'd love to share share it with you over a drink or something. Um, just now, not a great time. You know, if you're buying, I will listen to any story you've got. Oh, yes, I'll buy. It's on me. <laughs> so then you keep walking. You're walking down the street. She's still talking. She does look over to... She she looks over to Kair. So is she loquacious? Like, <laughs> am I catching that right? What do you mean loquacious? <laughs> like... Exactly. Chatty. Like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. yeah like, she's... She's trying. Um, okay. <laughs> and she's like... Hey. <laughs> That's fair. She's like, hey, Kair, where's, uh, where's the wormy rat thing? You know, the thing that grossed me out, I almost threw up the first time I saw it. I'm just going to kind of, like, look her dead in the eye and, and kind of open the the um, collar of my jacket showing into the pocket in the jacket. And just, like, as, as Muckdog's little head pokes out. Um, and the problem is, when Muckdog's little head pops out, it's also, it's preceded by, like, writhing of, <laughs> like, almost inky black tendrils. Yeah. 
as, as it reforms as it comes out. And she's like, oh my god, there it is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And Mugdog, he can he can speak, but he also has this connection uh, directly with you, Kair. <laughs> and to you, he says, I've killed people for less. <laughs> and it's weird because his accent it's almost like it dropped for a second as though he is genuinely hurt so he pops his head out for a second and then actually goes back in in your jacket um, um am i able to speak to respond to him in in kind like just kind of in my head yeah well uh you can it's not 100% sealed whether or not you have that exact kind of bond. Usually you have to talk to him, but it seems like he spent enough time with you. Like, this wasn't something that used to happen, but the longer that he has been around, uh, the more he has, I guess for lack of a better term, invaded uh, your your headspace. Uh, okay. Um, I mean, in that case, I'll just kind of look down at the pocket and say, it's okay, she doesn't mean it. <laughs> Trust me, it's all for show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so Rochelle just sort of crinkles her nose a little bit, <laughs> and uh, just sort of intentionally puts Raven between herself and Kyrie. <laughs> I I never understood an interest in the really really bizarre sort of creatures. You know, like just give me regular rats. <laughs> you I'm just saying you literally just brought a candle to life well i mean that's a god right what you've got in there is just a little yeah so um <clears throat> what else is happening look they're both <laughs> enchanting in their own little ways uh some so, <laughs> some win the beauty pageant some don't <laughs> yeah um <laughs> So you continue down the street. It's very much like that. Uh, she doesn't really seem to like. Uh, okay, she's the and, contract writer, right? <laughs> she's yes. the schmoozer. So, okay, like, I'm starting she, to put this together. <laughs> yeah, she's not the one who wins those sales. She's the one who processes them. Um, oh, okay. So she's not the real estate agent per se. No, the real estate agent is across the river and getting chased by a small uh, fire fire god. Uh, okay, okay. No. Okay. Um, which is going to be entertaining because that fire god has to cross the river. And this um, is Carrick? Yeah, Carrick. Uh, okay. I, I hope you get to meet him soon. I guess. I, was, I didn't even know him. their sex, but I guess I do now. I figured I would find out when I meet them, but... Hello, everybody. Chase here with just a quick follow-up on that last interaction. I got it wrong. Stu really well outlined what um, what Carrick and what Rochelle do earlier on in the episode. And it's important to understand that I sort of reversed their roles. I had a, a, just sort of a moment of misunderstanding. Rochelle is the socialite, but she's also very good at, at the contract stuff. Not coral the abacus level good in terms of mortals but she's sort of the schmoozer and then the okay just sign your name on the dotted line here whereas Carrick is an actual architect and engineer so he goes in he looks at stuff he does the floor plans and then what he does is he gives those to Rojan 
Rojin can work off those pieces of paper and create a house in a day. So it's it's basically Rojin shaving off the pursuit and uh, design of an initial build and just getting straight to the dirty work and constructing it. So sorry for that. Didn't mean to introduce a retcon in this episode, but that's what's going on. Okay, thank you, and back to the show. So you continue to walk down the street. Uh, Stu, Stu is Rojan. Rojan, uh, you pass your house. You're pleasantly surprised to see the doors fixed. Huh. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody took the time to do it. Good. Uh, There are actually still people looking at the statue. Just, it is such a draw at this point in the town, you know? Like, it's just really there. Now, you know that in order to get to the church, what you have to do is uh, you turn you turn right at the bend, which uh, anybody who's familiar with the, the town <laughs> map, uh, it means you're going to the east side of town. Uh, you're mm-hmm. going in towards the more industrial center and the territory where the less legal things that might happen in town, in a town that has no laws, happen. Mm-hmm. So you have to head closer to the sawmill yeah. area and... Um, also, the bars and uh, cheaper real estate. And that is where your church has been secretly set up because it was the only part of town that uh, your followers could afford to to set things mm-hmm. up. Look, Kmart's loss yeah. is their gain. Like, it's just the way things work sometimes. <laughs> and, yeah, you've never been here before, but you can see... See, as you're getting close, like you've you've walked near the area before, yeah. you can see that uh, people have been working really hard to start to erect something for you. It's kind of an open air sort of situation right now. Nobody really has a knack for building quite like you uh, and most of your followers, though they come from every walk of life. Those walks of life aren't architects. A lot of architects don't come to this part of the world. <laughs> yeah. <Yaha. laughs> Well, and I just want to point out that Raven, she's not saying anything verbally, but she very clearly feels, I guess I would say comfortable in this area, like not disenchanted in the least, just kind of just taking it in. Okay. They have been able to cobble together what they could with what they were able to use the resources to get. One of the cheapest supplies that you can buy that you can buy in town is wood because it's everywhere. It's just dangerous to cut, but once it's in the town, it's a very easy resource. So they've been starting to erect facility out of wood. As you get closer, you can see that there is something occurring. Uh, you can see a number of armored and armed individuals they're trying to force their way into the beginnings of the whatever this building will someday be uh right now it's basically like a barn with no doors yeah (laughs) and it looks like right now there are only two followers in there and uh you know them one one of them is yannick the thin the the (laughs) thin is is a moniker i was gonna say uh, tell me he's (laughs) he is he is just this tall wispy hippie of a man who the second he laid eyes on you he knew that following you and trying to emulate you was perhaps the best thing he could do with his life excellent um meeting you saved him from the mines and he has dedicated himself to really just trying to understand 
who Rojan is as a person and a personality. I like this guy. <laughs> Feelings mutual. Um, <laughs> also uh, in the building, a Vol- Volovat native, which is to say... Uh, an individual who she didn't have the same number as of fathers as like uh, the higher classes of Olivet. Bali, like she's actually a particularly attractive woman for a human. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> she's effectively the matron of of your church with Yannick. Like they sort of they paired up and have been championing your cause. They are both in there. They were both trying to to build this facility, and they are both presently getting pushed out of this building by armed. And as you get closer, you can easily confirm uh, soldiers of Prasad. Well, let's close the gap. Uh, I I'll be like <laughs> shouting and make myself known. And I'll kind of and jog over. <laughs> when when you make yourself known, uh, like Bally is having none of this. Like she is, she is giving these soldiers all kinds of sass. Whereas Yannick, the second he hears you, he just sort of spins like a gust of wind slowly, and then waves with this big goofy <laughs> smile on his face, oh and it's just like Rojin. These men have a very strong feeling about you. <laughs> and that's when one of the soldiers hits him. And when Bally screams, one of them hits her too. And you can see that the understudy is here with what appears to be, uh, you know what, do a perception awareness because I want to see exactly how many of them you can see. Uh, also, uh, a botch would be particularly fun right now. Yeah, well, you is might this, get it. Uh, is this on everybody? <laughs> yeah, everybody can. I got four successes. Oh, I tried. Two successes. Oh, wow. Two successes. <laughs> okay. On a shitload so of dice. This is, yeah. uh, this is what you know. Um, so with two successes, there are presently... There are four soldiers in... Uh, so with two successes, there are four soldiers in and around the building, and that's including the uh, the understudy. With four successes, Raven, you know that there are actually two other soldiers that appear to be just around the corner that were set as pickets. So they're actually slightly obscured, and it looks like they've got bows. So uh, can I can communicate that to the group, right? Yes, there's a little bit of uh, kerfuffle. Rochelle actually gasped audibly. When she saw Bally get hit, I mean, she she reacted when Yann- Yannick got hit. But, uh, but oh, I was going to say something snarky about him, and then he got hit, so I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, well, so I was going to verbally let, like, and, and I, I don't even think it has to be quiet, right? Like, they see us approaching, but first of all, like, I don't, I don't know if, if I speak in normal or quieter tones anybody would hear and it's just like as we're approaching them um yeah go ahead okay so i just audibly to the group um like i said i'm not hiding any i'm not hiding my my voice i'm just you know just trying to speak and uh just among the group and just say two more out of sight they look ranged they look like ranged fighters 
And am I correct? Like, have we stopped? Are we approaching them? Where are we kind of at? Yeah, well, circumstantially? I, that is a good question. I mean, the soldiers can see you. I, uh, Yannick <laughs> communicated you were good. Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, oh, again, we, I don't, yeah, we're known. We're a known quantity. Um, the understudy is standing with his arms crossed, leaning against the wood, watching the soldiers. And he's really just sort of waiting to see what you're going to do. So just so I get a, a real quick feel for what we just discussed. So everybody's kind of in front of us. Is that correct? Other than the two hidden soldiers who... Yeah, and uh, they would be like, um, if we're th- if we're speaking in range bands, I would say right now you're at about the mid-range for everybody. But if you move towards the group of four, then the two, uh, the two pickets will each, in their own direction, be at mid-range. Okay, and are the two pickets on opposite ends? Are they? Yes, to- okay. they are not together. They are separate. Okay. Having them brought to my attention, do I see them? Or yeah, you can see them okay. now. Now that they, or you can you can intuit where they are. Okay, even if I don't see them, yeah, I, I don't specifically point uh, yet. They're not trying. They weren't <laughs> trying, trying to be too obscure. Yeah. They they were just placed separately, so it was hard to see them on approach. Oh dear, oh, I don't want to. Oh, fuck it. You know what? This is kind of my fault to have to deal with, so I'm just going to say out loud, to no one in particular, I'm just going to shout loud enough that I think people in the vicinity will hear something like, ranged, you say? Well, if they draw their weapons, fucking kill them. And I'm going to close in on the on the church building, the soldiers I there. I slap my palm to my face. <laughs> <laughs> And when you say <laughs> fucking kill them, the understudy smiles and says, pretty sure you signed a contract that says you can't kill any of us. But these, and he shifts his arm and points at both Bally and Yannick, these are people not protected by that contract in particular. And that means they aren't anything. Uh, that's why I'm like moving between the soldiers and them. Well, you, I mean, you you can try, but the soldiers start to effectively form a line and uh, and face off to you. So two of them form up. The understudy starts to move forward as well. And there is one that is reaching for their weapon. Um, and then the understudy says, whoa, 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 hold up. If you come any closer, we will make sure that they are dead, nothing. And then he looks over to the guard that is reaching for his weapon. If they approach, draw and kill them. Then he turns back to you. My master really tried, as politely as I've ever seen him, to deal with you. And you just shrugged him off and insulted him. So we're here to teach you a lesson. Hey, Yannick. And that's... Bally, you're both hired to reconnoiter the claim with me. You're part of my recon team. You work for me on my mine claim. Ah. Come on with me. (laughs) (laughs) The understudy smiles. I find that very amusing as well. (laughs) You learn quick. But you should also know that doesn't work. Unless it's in writing or somebody swears it. I just, I'll look over at Rochelle. Yeah. Rochelle, 
this is the time for you to have a piece of paper with you. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm, I'm on a boss. And she reaches like into her, like into her blouse and <laughs> pulls out, pulls out a piece of paper. And then what looks like a piece of um, charcoal or ash and starts writing quickly. But <laughs> the, the understudy is not having it. And he says, I don't think you get it. She should stop that right now. There is no way that she can write, and he pulls his own blade, faster than I can kill, and puts the blade under Bali's neck. Now, we just want to have a talk. Is that something you're interested in? Well, it depends what you want to talk about. Really, we want to talk about the mine, the mine that you've just acquired. We'd really, really like you to reconsider what Prasad offered initially. Prasad didn't offer anything initially. Well, they offered to leave you alone for a percentage. That's not nothing. Kind of disagree. <laughs> it's, uh, well, hmm. the, the Champur have actually educated me a lot on this. I think of it as protection from situations like this. And I think I'm going to make a roll against you, Stu. This is going to be against your... I'm pretty sure it's your resolve. Do you want to stunt anything? I'm giving this guy a one-point stunt, so he is going to get... an Because uh, he, he basically said everything that he was doing. Uh, it's going to be a uh, two dice. Yeah, it'll be uh, two dice additional to to his regular roll. Sorry, to his regular role. What is he trying to accomplish with this role? Uh, he's threatening you. He's threatening you and he's trying to extort. He's trying to extort a percentage of the claim. Uh, okay. I'm not sure. Like, you tell me if you feel like it hits on any of your intimacies. Like, how much do you value uh, these two individuals? Um, at this point, one of the known ones about me is a dislike of exploitation. Yeah. So you've got, like, you are upping your, your resolve already. Yeah. Like, so that's the difficulty for me. Is that a minor or major? Minor. Um, okay, so then for me, it's a negative to exploit. Uh, or hold it, no, it's a, po it's a positive for you to resist. It's a plus two to your, um, to your resolve. So whatever your resolve is, add two mm -hmm. to that, and I'm about to make a roll, okay? Um, Unless... Do you want to stunt well, at all? Well, he's just trying to do the same thing. So with that as a meager threat, just going to kind of plain-faced, like, you tried to threaten us already when there were more of you, and frankly, more impressive ones than you militantly. So, uh, no, I'm sorry. This extort extortion just doesn't fly. Okay, I'll give you an extra plus one to your resolve. What's that put your total resolve at? Uh, three plus two plus one is six. Okay. Uh, so six. Let's see how we do. <laughs> Ooh, wow. This is a very unintimidating person. Um, so I just <laughs> rolled I just rolled two successes. So yeah, uh, Rojan, your counter is 100% accurate. Very sort of shallow. Like uh, this understudy, he isn't even wearing jade. He he has some finery, like it, he's dressed a little nicer than the rest of the soldiers. His armor is nice, but it's not jade. 
let me make this clear to you so that you know where we stand. Because, as you know, I'm coming into a fair amount of money. And you're in a prominent enough location that I can find your name, your family's name, their addresses. And I could spend a whole lot of money on a whole lot of people to make all of their lives hell. Or end. So if you really want to talk about, you know, extorting and exploiting people, you should probably leave here and say you couldn't find my friends. Otherwise, I'm going to fuck your entire life. So he looks back at you, and it's like for a second his brown eyes glint red, and he says, all expression bleeding from his face, you don't know the first thing about me right so make your roll you are trying to beat a resolve of 10 can't decide if i want to actually try and hammer that or not that's a big number that is a big number (laughs) well you uh you invoked some intimacies there and by intimacies i mean i picked the biggest one that applied yeah yeah of course yeah you got all velociraptor eyes on you like it's weird um, dum 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 dum. Uh, everybody else, how are you feeling about this? How how are things going? Dense. See, I'm. Uh, I, think, I could go either way. <laughs> uh, I think Kyra is standing kind of at Roger's side, quietly observing, listening. His hand gripped a little tightly around his staff, and silent. I would say that Raven's a little more reactionary, so she's just kind of, I would say probably pretty chill at this point, but aware of what's on the line here, um, and just kind of seeing where this goes. Okay. Stu, that was your role, correct? Yeah. And that was, yeah, that was with um, Excellency or whatever. Nope. Okay, so that was a... Just, just for the people at home, uh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't tell you what to roll, but I, I'm assuming that was charisma and then charisma presence. Uh, presence. Yep. yep. Okay. Cool. Uh, so you got three successes. That does not beat uh, this individual's resolve. So this individual is just sitting there, or standing there still, and now instead of toying with you, doesn't look mad, but has definitely shifted. What you said had an impact, but not the impact you were hoping for. So instead of faltering or wavering, uh, this person has turned into solid steel. Right. I believe that we are starting right back at the beginning of this conversation. You underestimate the situation that you're in. We can't hurt each other, but I can still hurt these two. And that's when Rochelle uh, speaks up. Well, actually, you really can't. And she holds up this uh, piece of paper. Uh, (laughs) This says you can't. See, Rochelle, that's why you're getting a raise. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, boss. I'm just going to put this away. I'm going to file it. And then she pushes the paper down her blouse. (laughs) That counts. It's filed. The understudy looks over, nods at at the uh, the other soldiers, uh, and weapons get sheathed. Bye. Oh, your boss is going to be delighted. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of having fun with this, too. Uh, I'm like, oh, man. Oh, I bet that pissed He's him gonna off. He's going to be so happy. <laughs> man, it's, yeah, it's great. Uh, the people who work is, for me get raises. <laughs> everybody is welcome to do a perception awareness. That is a five for me. Uh-huh. Still got one. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, with one, you don't get anything. Okay. And I got what? seven. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay, so with those rolls, you guys know what everybody ate this <laughs> morning. Um, <laughs> you're seeing back through time. Uh, no, uh, you can both, both of you can hear from both sides what sounds like flints and tinders being struck. Uh, and this is from both of the individuals with uh, bows and arrows. And they are about to fire recently lit arrows at the makeshift structure. Yeah, I figured that's where that was going. So you know that's going to happen. They are about a, a range band out. You could try to stop them or talk to them. But if you try to stop them... Uh, it's it's going to have to be a joint battle rule. And am I also correct, we're not supposed to be touching them, or is this just the understudy? Okay, so here is where there's a little bit of interpretation. You have all made rules on the oath as you understand it, as you read it. There's nothing in there that doesn't say you can't beat people up a little. Uh-huh. It's It's like it's permanently maiming or killing them mm-hmm. that is observed as uh, significant hostility. Also, you cannot muster forces against another p- person. So having access to the lesser sons, that's great, but you can't use those guys against anybody else in town who is an OG, like an original um, oath, our original um, claim holder. Right. So if you ordered those soldiers to kill someone who belongs to the Yasir or the Vulavat, um, you're basically voiding mm-hmm. your oath. Right. In the same way that now you can't tell Rochelle to go poison somebody from yep. Prasad. Not that she would. Yet. Well, she yeah. might. <laughs> uh. <laughs> she seems spry. I don't know. Uh you know, for the right price, you probably would. <laughs> so what are you going to do? Um, by the way, if you don't communicate this to Rojan, he doesn't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, say, I'm I'm just that. saying to, to Rochelle, um, could you uh, draft up another one of those and, like, have a pretty long list where we might have to add a few other names there? Um, uh, right, boss. Does, uh... These two archers, I'm, I'm sorry, I haven't quite gotten the picture of where exactly they are. Like, are they on the outside of the building somewhere we can't see, or are they inside? Um, they're intentionally positioned so that if you are standing here at this building, you can't see them, but the, they have direct firing. So uh, imagine you are facing, you're literally facing the, the facility, mm-hmm. um, and then think in terms of left and right. So to your left, there's a building... Um, so you can't see past it, but your sense is you know that there is somebody there and you've just heard them strike a flint and tinder and the exact same things just happened to your right. Okay. And it's just, they're using, they're using the buildings to screen where they are, but you can hear them or sense them. 
and they you you can tell that uh, from where they sound like they are, they have they have clear shots. Okay. I am going to uh, I guess as I hear that. Um, I'm going to snap my head to the uh, the other two in the party and just say they're lighting arrows. Uh, I'm going to look at Raven and say go right, and I'm just going to sprint to the one at the left. Okay. And I'll uh, sp- in which case sprint I, to the right. Yeah. Um, let's do a join battle. So that is a. Oh God, we haven't done this yet, so I can't remember. <laughs> Wits awareness. Yes, that's a wits plus awareness. Three. Plus three. So wits awareness plus three, let me know what you get. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing because... I, I only have three. My Rojan's awareness is zero. He doesn't yeah, know what's going on ever. <laughs> this is, it's so cute. Um, wits awareness plus three, right? Yeah, wits awareness yes. with three auto successes. Oh, okay. Uh, I got a five. That's right. Cool. So five, so three, five. Six successes. That's a lot of dice. Uh, Yeah. Okay. And they also, they also got five. Um, so I'm gonna, we're not going to bring the other soldiers into this fight right now. Um, it's just going to be those two. Uh, and you are going to literally have. Um, one action as they notch their arrows and then one action for when they fire and you have to figure out how you are going to stop that. Well, and outside of charms, do I gain any benefits on stealth? I guess I'm well known though. (laughs) Right now, because you didn't start the fight stealth, what you would have to do is effectively like rush behind a building, then use (laughs) stealth and then throw a smoke bomb and then disappear. No. um, Well, you could do that if you got one. (laughs) I, I actually do not. I don't recall you. <laughs> I don't recall you buying them yet. Nope, nope, um, nope. We can talk about that. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna actually record the initiative right now. Raven, you are going to be going first, and then Kair will be going at the exact same time as the soldiers, and then our good friend Rojan will be following that. So I'm just gonna set up that initiative and put it in the chat. This is the part where we need sponsors because this would be a great time to shout out some sponsors. (laughs) (laughs) I've recently been hearing about a fantastic diet toothpaste that's going to be all the rage on (laughs) (laughs) How initiative works is it's a tracker. The highest will always go before the lowest. These individuals are one range band away. Uh, it, it will take you um, a single movement action to get to them. You can you get a movement action for free, so you can close the distance and strike in one turn if you want. Keeping in mind that if initiative resets, which means once everybody is gone in this tracker, it will reset. And then, so if you don't do anything, you keep your initiative and you just start where you left off. You already know what they're planning on doing. What they're planning on doing is readying. So ready, aim, and then firing next round. Yeah, so Raven, you're up first. You get to decide how you want to deal with this. This person is with... uh, So you can move and strike this round. Um, Now you have two options for striking. You have withering or you have decisive. Uh, Decisive 
means you need to roll to hit and then you would take your six initiative if you hit them and apply that against um, their hardness if they have any uh, these are just humans so they don't have a naturally occurring hardness even with their armor on which is uh, just a, a effectively a buff jacket so you could do some damage well my goal is to either disarm or knock them out i just don't know if disarming a ranged soldier that knows i'm coming at them <laughs> is even an option disarming is hard okay uh I'm, I'm just gonna say that right now what kind of weapons or abilities do you have at your disposal in terms of combat so i do have a light dagger and then do you have melee do you have brawl? i do have melee Okay. I have athletic. Uh, so in this, what I'm hoping to leverage is athletics, melee. I think that's about it. Got a decent amount of strength, dex, and stamina, but I don't know if that's gonna matter per se until things come at it. But the goal is is to disarm <laughs> this person, preferably yes. knocking them out. Um, again, okay. the dagger's got a uh, a light metallic handle. Right, and Almost so about what I'm gonna trauma. <laughs> there, yeah, there's a, a little house rule that I like to use. You can basically pull your shots. Uh, you've got what is effectively a lethal weapon. It's got a lethal tag attached to it, but it does have like there are parts of that weapon that you could use for uh, performing blunt force trauma. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and uh, the the hilt is a good example. Um, so f for a negative modifier when attacking with that weapon, I would say about a negative one. Uh, for this attack, um, you can choose to convert your damage that you would do to, to bashing when you apply it. So it's a negative to your attack, and then it will shift the tag of your weapon from lethal to bashing. Now, the important thing to understand about damage, if you are doing lethal damage and you knock somebody into either incapacitated or beyond, because how you hurt people is you fill up their health boxes. Right. Um, if they have so many health boxes with their final health box being incapacitated. If you go past incapacitated with lethal damage, they die uh, or they go into a dying state and they start bleeding out. If you hit them with bashing, what happens is they get knocked out when they hit in cap. And once you go past uh, in cap is like, say the damage were, were excessive. So it was over the number of hit boxes that they had. Then it starts wrapping back around into lethal. So it's like, you hit them so hard that they start to bleed, right. right? So instead of bruising, they start to bleed. And then if you keep bludgeoning someone, you could eventually kill them. So you can kill them with bashing, but likely likely not in one fell swoop. Yeah, yeah you effectively have to wrap around their life, uh, their life bars twice. Okay. So if you're, statistically if, speaking, is impossible right now. If you were to do a decisive attack at six, uh, I'd just... It would not happen because uh, decisive attacks, you don't um, when you when you do roll your initiative, you don't double the results of any tens. Right. But but to be clear, in order to do a decisive attack, you still have to roll to attack. Mm hmm. And then regardless of what your successes are, as long as you get past their defense, then you roll your initiative as damage. Um, but for a withering attack, you roll your attack, which is uh, your accuracy. Okay. Plus um, the ability in dex. And then you would roll the damage of the weapon to do withering. So my question would be, what 
exactly is it that you want to do? Okay, so here's exactly what I want to do because I, I have this in my head. It's going to be fun. Um, my goal is to run dead sprint at this individual. I'm trying to figure out, am I clear that they're on the ground? Like I might be running around a building, but they're on the ground. Yeah, they're on the ground. Okay. So I could try to play it coy and like run around them where they don't see me or something like that, but it doesn't even seem to matter that much. So actually my goal is to just run dead sprint at the person, do kind of like a uh, a fun little flip over them. So they see me coming head on and I just kind of do a flip over them and then um, bash them in the back of the head with uh, with the hilt of my uh, dagger. Congratulations, Fred. That is what I would consider to be a two-point stunt. So I will give you two dice and one automatic success for this roll on top of uh, the accuracy of your weapon, which I'm assuming is uh, a light. It's just a light dagger, right? Yeah, I think it's four. Do you have this stuff statted out, or do you need me to... I do, actually. Like, I I have accuracy, damage, all that, yeah. Okay, so take your accuracy, add it, to your dexterity plus melee. Okay. And then you can add an additional two dice to that. Okay. And then if you want to use any excellency in this, you can uh, to hit. Yeah. Now that will... Does that add dice or automatic successes? That will add one die per mote. Okay. And it's important that we communicate this right now. Are you trying to actually do decisive damage, or are you just withering this attack? Oh, uh, it's withering. Okay. So what's important is if you hit this guy with your withering attack, however many successes you get for this attack, those successes will roll over into... They'll roll over into damage. That That's my understanding of it. Okay. And then... I'll remove their soak, and then you apply the additional damage, and then you you roll that, and that is your actual withering damage. And however much damage you do, you knock them down the initiative track. Mm-hmm. They would they will still go at initiative five when they're supposed to go, but that means like next round or hold it. No, no, it no, does no. Change, if you're going yeah. before them, you knock them. Yeah, they they go down to wherever it is uh, you put them, and then um, they start at that point next round okay so here's the question so what i'm trying to beat right now is basically their soak and then i do Uh, damage no what you're trying to beat right now is their defense and they have a defense defense of well they're actually with a bow so they don't they can't use their sword right now he's like a defense of two (laughs) so i didn't realize how wimpy was gonna and anything beyond that is going to be damage right uh no no, withering okay. attacks are not decisive attacks. You're not actually okay. going to be doing any damage. You're really just jockeying for a, a good position. Oh, okay. Well, so then I think I'm want, just like, going to... If you want him to not fire the bow, a withering attack isn't going to stop him. Right, but if you pull I'm trying to a kind really of disengage withering attack, him. you can crash him and then guarantee that you're going to move before him next round. Isn't he still going to go this round, though? He's readying. Uh, um, sorry, I guess I didn't make that clear. This round they're readying. Next round they're shooting. Well, that's uh, why during this round I'm trying to knock him out. Is do I need to do a decisive attack to make that happen? A decisive attack would uh, would take take one of these individuals out um, if you can hit. Right, if I can hit. 
but I don't want to kill. Right. And I don't think you need to worry about that with an initiative of six. Okay. So... So then I think I do want a decisive attack from what you're telling me. I'm trying to take this guy out. Okay. Um, Prevent him from firing the bow without chatting with him, obviously. <laughs> okay. I'm going to let you it's know go to sleep this move. individual, uh, every human, uh, on average, every human will have about seven health boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this is just sort of a little under the hood conversation here. Sure. So this individual has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, seven total. So you have to do at least seven damage to get them to end cap. Right. That's and seven so that's... damage that you have to roll on dice. Right. <laughs> yes. AKA seven successes. Seven successes. And when you're doing decisive, when you when you roll your dice, you're n- you don't get doubles for tens. Okay. So what I'm trying to suggest is you need at least one one good round of withering mm-hmm. to Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. All right. You've convinced me. Let's do the withering. I don't know if I'm going to boost him. So the idea is, am I correct? If I'm thinking this through, knock him down in terms of uh, uh, for the next round, for his firing round. Yes. And, and so that I can yes. make a more decisive attack. And uh, well, no pun intended. Um, and, and yeah, basically get in both hits. To yes, perform that action. Once you actually do some decisive damage, this will make sense because you will increase right. your initiative by the damage you do. Okay. So I don't know if I'm going to boost this one. Because I'm rolling a decent amount. And I think I've just got to top his defense, right? That's all I'm trying to do right the, now? The mores. Yes. And then once you get through his defense, you'll be working through his soak. Or do I but, want to get a lot of successes or as many as I you can? You want to get as many successes as possible because you want to beat his soak so that you can increase your initiative and reduce his. Because the, okay. the, the better you do on the to hit roll, the more damage dice you get to roll, basically. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in two motes and boost this too. Okay, so which means ag- again, it's your accuracy plus uh, dex melee, and then you get an additional two, plus you have an additional auto success, and then you right. so you get the additional two from the stunt, and you just got an additional two from your uh, from your excellency. Right, so that's that's gonna be twelve as one. So also, you will get one will- willpower back because of the stunt. Ooh, okay. Then, well, yeah, you okay. you beat his uh, his defense of I I believe I said two. Uh, you beat it by four. Uh, let's take a look at his soak. Soak of eight. So it is. So what you have to do now is you have to take the damage of the weapon, mm-hmm. add the successes that you got on the roll, which is um, because you beat the defense, you get all of the successes that you got, which I think is what six successes on the roll. Right, so uh, it's just um, seven plus six, and that is the the roll that you're making to damage. And tens do double in this case. Seven plus six is 13. Is that, so what does that mean? Is that what I'm rolling? Yep, that's what you're rolling. And you have to try to beat eight. If you don't, then you don't get through a soak. So um, effectively what happens is when you try to to hit him, like I'll describe a defense that he does, and it doesn't phase what he's doing. 
Oh, oh boy. <laughs> okay. 13. That was four successes. Fantastic. Good thing you're not trying to save the world yet. <laughs> so you, and no you run in God and it, what's, in, what's important to know is you still keep the willpower like you didn't fail you did actually hit so you run in flip over uh, and then when you are going to bring your knife down he saw you coming and what he does is he just shrugs up and they're wearing that it's sort of a similar design to what um, Motoko was wearing, so it's it's a type of lamellar armor, um, not as good and definitely not made of jade. But he basically lifts up, almost predicting where uh, the blunt of your blade is gonna, or the uh, the the hilt of your blade was gonna smash, and you just ding metal, and it rings out really loud, but it doesn't really phase him. And so then you can see that he is getting in a position to knock his arrow. So that brings us to Kair and uh, Soldier Number Two and Soldier Number Three because they're all going at once. In this case, usually what I would say is it would be a um, it would be like a, another initiative roll between you and the soldier that you're facing off against. But you already know what he's trying to do, and your action, even though he can, he should theoretically be able to hear you coming. Whatever you're doing is not going to phase him. So I'm going to ask Dan, what would you like to do? So, okay, so he's kind of off to the leftish, and he's, I guess, for all intents and purposes, like around a building corner, just out of, just out of visual. Just out of visual, yes. So a movement action will get you to him and put you in short range band. Okay. Is short range band close enough to attack? Yes. Okay. Um, so what I'd like to do, can I, um... I don't need. I don't know if I need to lure this or something. Um, but uh, can there be like some kind of vertical post near the corner of this building that he's around? Um, you don't need to lure that. <laughs> I can just okay. say. I can say yes. It'll be um, so either like a, we'll just say that there's a wooden post that is holding up um, a canvas. So sort of like. A, yeah, like a fancy blouse quality canvas. <laughs> a flowing <Okay>. pink canvas. <laughs> okay. Um, Team blouses. Uh, essentially what I want to do is kind of take off at a, at a sprint um, and kind of like weave between what, if any soldiers are in my way, just kind of quickly weave between them. Um, and like going, reaching towards that, uh, that building, I want to kind of grab onto this post and swing myself around and then like, um, essentially as I'm swinging around, around the side, be extending, uh, my staff to kind of a full, a full length in my hand, like almost just letting it slip. So I'm holding the very end of it. If that makes sense. It does make sense. Um, and then, yeah, as I'm coming around, slipping it around there and bringing, using the momentum to kind of just do a big. Um, kind of crack into the side, and I just want to do a withering. All right. Well, that sounds to me like a two-point stunt as well. You use your environment. You described what you were doing, so you get two additional dice, one automatic success, and you get one point of willpower back. Sweet. So I would say uh, calculate. Uh, I'm assuming that stick is a medium, so that's uh, yeah. your accuracy plus uh, dex and, I'm guessing, melee. 
Yeah, I, it, it's it's all coming from decks and yeah, actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm afraid. <laughs> okay, I, I wish you luck. Thank um, you. And again, you are trying to beat uh, defense two to initially hit, and then he's going to have a soak of eight. Okay. Um, so it is plus two dice and one out of success for the stunt? That is correct. Jesus Christ. No, you hit him, so that's yes. fine. You hit him. Um, yeah, but that's all the dice I'm going to get. So for yeah, well, well no, your damage is 9 plus 2 because you still hit yeah. him. So uh, that's. Yeah, I, that's I, I know, I just. I mean, I needed to hit him better than that. Um, and 10's double. Okay, so I just. Sometimes uh, the rolling. quantity of dice you roll doesn't directly relate to the amount of successes you get, yeah. trust me. Yeah, um, I'm just rolling 11. That is correct. Uh, and I guess I can't put any moats into... No, you can't excellency damage rules. Yeah, yeah. No, to... I know, but I mean, I meant even in the attack, oh, I couldn't. Um, yeah. Well, you could Oh, well, no, you didn't have melee. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Uh, three successes, nothing. Okay, yeah. Um, so in a very similar situation, actually, uh, you put your force into it. You can see that he shifts a little bit, but again, it's just another ringing of metal. All right, well, that's, uh, that's me. Okay, so despite your best uh, initial efforts, um, also, I am now realizing that I over-armored these guys <laughs> on you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Sons of bitches running around like Samus Aran over here. Well, you know what? They are official military personnel in official gear. So, I mean, it makes sense. These aren't slouches. They're some of the best soldiers in the world. So, despite your best efforts, these very well-trained individuals are able to both uh, notch their arrows that are lit. And each of you respectively can see that they are about to shoot at that building. So next up, I believe, is Roji. Yeah. Okay, so having heard the shouting of they're going to light the building on fire, um, I'm, I'm concerned about getting the two people out of the building. The soldiers between me and them, are they facing me or facing the, uh, the people inside the building? Everybody's facing you, and it's important to note that the building is more of a concept. Than, yeah, 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 yeah. Know, yeah. Like, <laughs> really fully realized. Not... Like they're trying. Oh, he says this like, now. They, they might not <laughs> even it's... hit the building. It's gonna be hysterical. Yeah, it's... <laughs> like, it, like they're fifty paces, like wall. getting meleeed, and they're trying to hit a two by four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, um... Yeah, this is really more of a message yeah. thing than yeah. anything. But uh, no, no, all the the soldiers are looking at you. The okay. understudy is what ha- has noticed that the other two have split. Um, okay. So like their attention is kind of drawn, but they can all they're all like, like they'll see me moving at if them. If you say something or if you move towards them, yes. But presently, it's important to note that they are not like the soldiers that are at the facility, air quotes, um, aren't engaged in combat. Right. Well, they're about to be because I'm going to be saying to presumably Yannick and Bally are, are they prone or are they actually standing up? They could stand up, but they haven't yet. Okay. I'm going to shout at them to get out of the framework (laughs) and 
Like, I don't need to kill him. I don't even have a weapon. So I am just going to step in, close the gap to the one of the soldiers. And yeah, I'm going to look down to Yannick and Bali and say, get up, get out of here. Then I'm, do the soldiers have helmets on? They're in almost full lamellar. So they could have something like a helmet or at very least a, a circlet. Uh, <laughs> like just some some kind of metal protecting parts of their head, yes. Okay. One of them I'm going to reach forward with my left hand and kind of prop his helmet up a little bit. With my right hand, I'm going to reach out and spin it backwards and then elbow smash the side of his helmet. Interesting. Okay, well, he's just a puny mortal. Uh, His defense is going to be to try to stop that. (laughs) But he doesn't get a stunt for it. I just want you to know he's going to be like, stop that. (laughs) <laughs> and slap your hand away. That's good. That's an appropriate response. <laughs> <laughs> Stu, you are an amazing man. Um, and so is Rojan. I'm going to give you... Well, no, you did... Uh, you know what? I'm feeling generous. I'm going to give you a two-point stun. So that means two additional dice, one automatic success, and, of course, you also get the extra willpower. This cannot exceed your permanent rating. Sorry, just yeah. to let you guys know, so... Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a couple lessons at this as well. Holy shit. See that's how you roll dice. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd say you nailed it. So okay. Stu, Stu well, got eleven successes on nine yes, dice. Yeah. This is important. This is uh, and one auto success. He had one auto success already. Yeah. yeah. Um okay. So this individual uh saw you coming. I forgot to say what the defense is, so we'll just give him a defense of two. I'm going to regret that later when you knock his ass out. <laughs> um, yeah. But boy, the, the um, story will be fantastic. Is this the, uh, the That Yannick guy won't shut up about no, this it, is I'm just sure. A, this is just a random. Yeah, just one of the moves. Uh, okay. Yeah, so, uh, Stu, that's 11 plus whatever your hands are. Do you know what your hands are? They're on the end of your arms. I was no, like, is this an I existential did, I question? I didn't have a... I don't have... Uh, bare hand damage here. Well, in this situation, um, I guess we'll just treat this as light. Well, I mean, if a medium is nine and a light is seven, an unarmed could be five. Yeah, you know what? Uh, plus five, uh, and this will be bashing. Yeah, okay. And I will look that up later because I, for some reason, didn't anticipate somebody would be punching someone. That's fair. I should have been prepared for that. I apologize. (laughs) <laughs> really um so it's 11 plus 5 and you gotta beat 8 that's their soak or you're withering right or are you decisive uh, this no w- you can't decisive no this, this was withering yep um <laughs> okay um <laughs> I mean that's that's a little so, I mean that's not a so, super great role but no so uh in in particularly Rojan fashion you <laughs> stroll up spin around, grab the helmet, tip it down, and then you said elbow in the head? Yeah, yeah just crush the side of his head. And just ring the helmet. The, instead of the customary like dong that has been getting heard around the other side of buildings as people bounce off of Can armor. Can we call it something other um, than the customary dong? Customary <laughs> dong! <laughs> I think we have a party name. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, we've got our sponsor lined up. Yeah. <laughs> That's custom dog. <laughs> okay, sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> you, Jesus, <laughs> uh, your your strike staggers this guy, and he actually sort of stumbles forward. And what that does in, on a mechanical level is it this guy didn't have an initiative to begin with because he wasn't a combatant. Fair, um, yeah. In in this specific situation, uh, you will get... Okay, so you beat eight. His soak will have eaten most of that, though, so I'm pretty sure you get two, not three. Uh, you When you hit with a withering, you always get one. You always get... Okay, so then, yes, you would get... As long as you hit, you always get one? The initiative you gain is uh, one plus the excessive successes on the damage roll. So they, he would he would have lost two, but I would gain mm-hmm. three. So same... Like, like okay, it's, but that would... as uh, Because the other two hit, that would mean they would also both get initiative, plus one initiative. Yeah, actually, yes. yeah, it says first you gain one point of initiative simply for landing a successful withering attack. Okay, in which case that is something for me to note, <laughs> yeah. and uh, uh, I will add that to the roll right now, or add it to the initiative track right now. That ends our first round of combat. Initiative resets or increases, and we are going to do that right now. It's so frustrating to have to kind of behave in this fight. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I just want to do, like, I know we're all, we've all got, like, shit we're hiding. And, like, oh, my God, I just want to pink mist the street right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I'm smacking dudes with a stick. Actually, I'm not going to lie. I don't think I'm a whole lot better at being non-lethal than lethal. I guess I would be, though, if I was going straight damage. Well, I guess it it depends if, um, like, I mean, I don't have any charms that can help me, but I have an artifact. <laughs> True. Okay, so <laughs> new tracker is up. Raven is at the top with, uh, with seven and I love the ouch um, guy. The Customary other... dog. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> the other soldiers aren't moving to intercept you yet. What has happened is when you hit um, when you hit uh, Rojan, when you hit the one individual in the head, you actually saw the <laughs> the understudy lift his hand. Like everybody else was moving, they were getting ready to to uh, to attack. But he lifts his hand because he sort of wants to see how this plays out. And nobody else is doing anything. What's important is at the start of this round, you communicated to both of uh, both of your uh, disciples to to get up and go, and they have gotten up and they are starting to go. Excellent. Um, so you have brought somebody else into the fight. He is not doing well. Aw, muffin. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we have Raven up at the top, uh, Kair and Rojan, I will be dealing with you together. Like we'll, we'll talk about what you guys are doing. The two bow and arrow soldiers are about to let loose. So let's, uh, let's see what happens. Raven, what would you like to do? So am I correct? This time I want to be deliberate. You can do a decisive or decisive. I'm sorry. At what some of your options are, there's a disengage, decisive. 
I'm trying to find the disarm. I don't think it's on here. I'm probably going to have to dive into the book. Can I just lean into the arrow and blow it out? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would allow it. <laughs> you're, an, you're an exalted. Absolutely. Yes, you can do that. Uh, um, okay. So this is important. This is actually a... Uh, okay, let's lean into your strengths a little bit. This is kind of funny, but it, it is going to take a little bit of finesse. So that's a dexterity larceny. Okay. Um, Let's see and here. it's going to be at a difficulty four. I don't think I want to do that. I got nothing in larceny. Hmm. Yeah, I know, right? Let's let's think this one through because what else would apply to that? Like putting out a fire. Uh, oh, disarm is difficulty three. So if you can get past, like, Okay, so if a disarm is difficulty three, that means you get past the... You have to make an attack roll. Mm-hmm. Then once you've made an attack roll, you, you roll your initiative. Um, so a disarm may actually be your your best option right now. So it would be make your regular attack, and then with the initiative that you have, you just have to do difficulty three, and you, you, you would effectively just take the either the arrow or the bow away. Cool. I, I would say the bow. It makes more sense. Yeah, you can hang on to the arrow and just kind of throw it like a dart. Um, and this way you circumvent s- not so... Well, yeah. And this well, way, can this I at least... Uh, my so. goal is to yank the bow away from him, but then just for fun, can I just try to... Like, do I really need to worry about the skill involved in blowing out the arrow when he's just holding it by itself? No, I okay. would I would just allow it, and in fact, I would give you a two two point stunt. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily <laughs> trying to. It's just what she would do because um, I want that to happen. So yeah. I'm going to give you a two point stunt, so you get two extra dice on your initial attack, plus one automatic success on your initial attack, um, and then you get a point of willpower if you need one. I think you're probably full up by I'm now. I'm full. Oh, yeah. You were having a little bit. I remember um, uh, <laughs> Rojan was really draining you <laughs> when you first met. I have um, been able to earn my willpowers back because I haven't used them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to remember what the what the perk of a willpower is outside of. I've got charms that specifically use okay. them. So, so a willpower you can spend a willpower to get an automatic success, okay. like just you just get it, or to boost a static value by one. Okay. Okay, that's okay. So for right now, let's get to right because I've got to pull off the attack first, and then I'm going for the roll. Uh, yep. But uh, you'll be using like we can just say that you finesse it with your dagger. Okay. Um, you're not like breaking the weapon. You're just sort of flipping it up and away from from their hands, and then you blow out the arrow. Right. So, what am I rolling on this one? Uh, accuracy <laughs> plus. It's accuracy plus uh, dex plus melee. Okay. Okay. So it's the same as before. Uh, uh, it's a decisive attack, so I don't think you have ac- accuracy in it. Um, hmm. Decisive attack pool is just dex plus combat ability. Okay. Okay. So it's dex plus melee. Yeah, Lord. Thank All you right. for that, Dan. I appreciate it. It's in the fine print on the bottom of my character sheet. I oh, there you go. That. Yeah, I saw that down there. I should have checked that. Um, and can I boost this if I want to? Uh, yes. You, well, um, do you have a melee excellency? I do. Yeah. Okay. Then yes, you can boost it by your attribute 
plus ability. So the total value of your tribute plus ability you can boost okay. it by. So let's go two again. Okay. So another two So months. four, six, eight, ten with Track an AS Track where those one. are coming from because you might start glowing if you're taking them out of the wrong pool. Oh, no. I'm, I've been tracking my pool with a pen with okay. a pencil. I'm uh, actually doing pretty good. Taking them out of uh, uh, personal. Okay. I'm pretty low, but uh, yeah, but I still got a few points. Uh, my peripheral, I'm I'm good. Okay, good. Yeah, it's when you're pulling on your peripheral because it's like you're you're pulling the essence. Like think of peripheral like peripherals for a computer. The computer is the personal, and all the peripherals are what's on the outside. When you start pulling multi from the outside, you start glowing. Yeah. See if we can't get these arrows put Six out. Six successes. Okay. Well, yeah, you Wait. get you get past yeah. the defensive two. Wait, so hold now... on. But does yeah? Okay, yeah. So it doesn't matter. But would that ten have counted as two because it's uh, decisive well, for for hitting? Yes. Okay. But now what you have to do is you have to roll your initiative, and you have to beat three. Right now, here's my question. So I, I roll my initiative and I have to beat three. Can I use willpower yes. to auto success this or no? No. Okay. I didn't think no, so. I just wanted to make the, sure. The initial attack. That's the only time you could have used the willpower. Okay. That's what I thought. I just was, you know, anything, anything to get that advantage. Yeah. Anything to get an auto success on this would have been awesome. <laughs> okay. So I'm rolling initiative, which is just flat out my initiative, right? It's your flat out seven. Yep. Yep. Okay. Oh. Well, you do it. Nice. So, Sweet. Uh, <sighs> just as you described, you snatch the, the bow up and away and then lean in and blow out the arrow quick as, as quickly as you like. And but, I uh, smile at him and go mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I nice. might've given you a three points. No, 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 no. I, that's the whole point is that was just a cherry. That was just yeah, for fun. Cool. And it only um, okay. works after I've done it. Like, it's only after you've done it. So, yeah. That's fair. And that happens. So now, Kair and Rojan, how, how, uh, how are things going? Actually, you know what? Let's, let's deal with Kair first because I feel like that's more urgent, even though uh, Rojan really is enjoying this little shit kicking <laughs> that he is initiating. <laughs> but I think we should, uh, let's deal with Kair mm -hmm. first. I'm actually seeing that the, the the hit didn't do much and he's preparing to fire. Um, I'm going to close what distance is left between the two of us and kind of uh, like spread my my arms and legs wide, stare him directly in the eye and stand in the path of his arrow um, and just look him in the eyes and say, no. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> And in terms of mechanics, what are you trying to do? I have no idea. Uh, is that a threaten action? I, I don't think it's a threaten. I think it's it's more of a plea. Hmm. Okay. Um, I am going to say that these are battle-hardened soldiers that are accustomed to taking orders. So unless you have some particularly strong um, charms to back this up, this may not work well. Um, I mean, not really a charm, uh, but I mean, me attacking him isn't going to work well either. Uh, so I, all I have is an intimacy toward Rojan at this point. Okay, yeah, that's fair. 
All right, well, you know what? Let's let's do it up. So this will be a charisma in this situation. This would be a charisma. Uh, choose the better of your presence or socialize. And oh. I'm going to give you, because I think you're going to need it, I'm going to give you a two-point stunt. Right. <laughs> so I'll give you the extra two dice and the one auto success. <laughs> uh, um, and I'm going to absolutely pick socialize. Okay, do you have a do you have an excellency in that? I sure do. Okay, I would recommend that you pump um your charisma plus socialize how whatever that number is, pump that many motes into this roll. Yeah. So that's the most that I can pump it by? Uh yes, the maximum okay. that you can the maximum that you can inflate a roll by is uh your your ability plus your attribute. Okay. Um for what it's worth also, I'm not gonna let the arrow get past me. Okay, uh, that's actually an action referred to as a defend other. Um, okay. Now we can um, we can you can do that on top of this little socialized role. I'll allow it. Um, yeah. And how that works statistically is, in order for him to shoot that building, he has to get past your defense. Um, you can choose either parry. Well, no, it'd have to be parry because it can't be evade. Because if you evade the arrow, it still just goes to where it was supposed to. Yeah. Uh, well, no, even the idea was not to just parry it, just to take it. Okay. But also to kind of insinuate that he can't shoot me. Okay. And that, that does make sense. Um, uh, uh, during his action, he would he would probably just try to sidestep you. But what you are establishing is your defend other the building. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I am. I am Tiananmen squaring this man. Okay, so then I'll just I'll let the the social attack go. Um, so you just try and give it a shot, and we'll see how things go. Okay. Uh, keeping um, in mind that you have one auto success and two additional dice on top of all the modes that you're spending on excellency. Yes. Uh, Jesus Christ! Three successes. <sighs> I've okay, been rolling on. absolutely abysmally tonight. That is, you know what? You are just, you are just one short, and unfortunately, he has a bunch of. Uh, I mean, these are just humans, right? So he's got a guile of one, a resolve of four. I mean, he's well trained, so that's why his resolve's so high. Um, but they also have intimacies that that put the resolve at about that point. Um, so he is going to continue to try to fire. What's important is he still has to get past your defense to actually do it. Um, so we will see what happens when it comes to him. Rojan, what are you doing? Um, given that this uh, church-to-be is still under construction, taking a quick glance to see if there are any uh, precariously stacked piles of materials nearby. There are. Rojan's just going to, like, scuffle to the side of where there's, you know, probably just a bunch of lumber not properly stacked by a bunch of people who, you know, just bought a bunch of things and didn't really know what they were doing and is just going to push it over on top of the guard that he's already ranged. In terms of mechanics, what are you trying to do? Uh, distract? Is that a thing? Just put him in a headlock and start mocking him. Uh, kind of. Do you want to do something social? 
I, I'm more than happy to let you roll that. It's I'm just trying okay. to understand exactly what it is you're trying to accomplish mechanically. Let's, okay, yeah, let's let's just call that a distract then and say like I'm trying to cause enough of a scene that these two soldiers are gonna be dealing with each other and not chasing the two people um, who are trying to exit the church and maybe if two guards are in the church and two civilians are not maybe no one's going to shoot an arrow anyway. Okay. Um, in which case, I would say uh, you can do... This sounds sort of like... Uh, this is going to sound weird, but it's like a dex presence? <laughs> like, it's... You're... Uh, or, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's a dex, but you're not using a weapon yeah you know what i'm going to do dex presence this is you're you're actively trying to slow things down and it's sort of in your favor um i'll give you a one one point stunt so that's uh two extra dice on the roll and uh let's just see what happens you're trying to beat a resolve of four because this is a highly trained man who has probably had wood thrown at him before um but has he had wood thrown at him by a beautiful man before Ooh. Well, what are you doing? Just rolling <laughs> crazy well. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um. So Stu just got seven successes on that roll for what is effectively the fanciest of wood throwing distractions <laughs> of the night. Um. Thank you, Stu. Anytime. <laughs> uh. This man is successfully distracted. Um. Never before has he seen such a good-looking individual chucking wood in his direction. <laughs> He's legitimately hypnotized by oh, what is happening. To hear this story he, retold. <laughs> in such a fashion that he lets it bury him. <laughs> so he falls down to the ground. And it's at this point that the... <laughs> This is that moment where, like, the, the wood splinters in the air into an image of Rojan. And the guy just goes, beautiful. The understudy is, like, watching this whole display and actually rolls his eyes and shakes his head. And Excellent. Um, you created a Three Stooges moment. I'm totally non-threatening. Okay, so next up we have the two soldiers, and by two I mean one of them is disarmed. Things, uh, this should not come as a surprise, but the the one gentleman is going to try to shoot. Uh, so I think we'll resolve that and then I'll discuss what the other guy is doing. So I am going to make my to shoot roll, and I am trying to beat your defense, so Kyer's defense, so... If you want to try to stunt your defense in any way, depending on how you stunt this, you know that what he's trying to do is shoot an arrow. It can actually modify your defense value by one, two, or three, depending on how cool the stunt is. Um, I mean, there's, I don't know that there's much else I can really add to it. I'm standing with my chest almost at the tip of his arrow. Good point. Uh <laughs> I would, you know what, I'm willing to just give you the extra plus two because you did describe the entire situation and you built up to this point. Right. Um, so I'll give you a plus two modifier to your um, to your regular parry. Okay. What's that put it at? Uh, whopping four. All right. Well, this individual is now going to shoot. Do, do, do. 
Uh, you are at short range. Here we go. I think that's my first <laughs> roll of the night. Um, wow. It's not well? you. You rolled before. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's two. I'm glad to see it's not just us, Chase. Yeah, I know. And uh, that's not a bad thing. By the way, that's actually... Okay, is it meat or beat for defense? Uh, it's meat. Okay, so I have met your defense. I'm gonna let you decide in this situation. Do Sorry. you want to just? Do Sorry. you want to just? It, it, isn't my defense four? Oh right, you said your defense was four yeah. because we gave you the extra two. Yeah. Because it was starting at two. Oh my god. Yeah. No. So. Uh. Yeah. You. What part of your body do you want it to bounce off of? Because um, it's about to. <laughs> Do you want to describe that, or should I try to figure it out? <laughs> I wasn't even so much caring about it bouncing off. I'll even let it kind of stick into the buff jacket a bit, like <laughs> wear it proudly as like it... in. Well, just <laughs> catch the arrow with my shoulder. Okay. Does Muck Dog know it's coming? <laughs> I'm sure Muck Dog will be fine. Regardless, you successfully stop the arrow. Yeah. The individual, uh, the the soldier is looking at you, Raven. This should come as no surprise, but. <laughs> the soldier is looking at you and just sticks his hand out for his ball. <laughs> <laughs> and we are getting we're we're sorry. I kinda wanna just look at him and be like shh <laughs> Um We get down to a distracted man who actively chose to stay sitting in the wood. And I think what we're going to do is we are going, unless, like, Stu, you want to keep beating on people, <laughs> we are probably going to fall out of combat now because I think we're going to shift back to conversation. That's fair. Yeah, I, I don't need to. Yeah. I mean, unless either of you guys, like, so either Rojan or Raven want to. I, I would take fighting. a moment to uh, extinguish the arrow that's sticking out of your chest there, Kyer. Uh, but. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. No, yeah, I. I, I, I I do intend to kind of, kind of blow that out. I guess I am trying to demonstrate a certain level of fervor to this person. Okay, well he gets it. Good. <laughs> you just took an arrow for, for this little shanty shack. I think that's the best part when you zoom back on this whole situation, <laughs> and we're just like frivolously trying to protect this two by four. A lean yeah. to <laughs> held yeah. together by a vice <laughs> made by a man named the thin. <laughs> uh, okay, so I think what we will do is um so we're we're dropping initiative, we're dropping combat. That was our first combat. Sort of an idea of what to expect moving forward, especially if you're fighting anybody from Prasad, just keep in mind they are heavily armored. But also, if you're attacking them, you sort of have to pull your punches because you don't want to kill them. <laughs> well, okay, so the understudy looks over at Rojin, can see that those fire arrows that were supposed to light this thing on fire didn't happen, and actually just in an, exasperated, sticks his head up in the, the air and just sighs really loud and it's like i this is gonna be a very bad day <laughs> um right i almost want to come with you to your debrief this is gonna be fun no no <laughs> no and then he snaps his fingers 
everybody up and the <laughs> specifically the individual who is under some wood um <laughs> starts to clamor back up as uh two other guards come guards two other soldiers come to uh pick it, pick him up and collect him raven the soldier is still holding his hand out waiting for <laughs> the return of his bow so i just yeah i just kind of like annoyed just like <sighs> and hand it over <laughs> he takes it nods um and then walks past you Kair, the soldier who is over with you, he nods. He says, well played. And he walks past you. <laughs> I'll just pull the arrow out of my... <laughs> 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 um, they're all starting to get together. They're, uh, the, the streets are notably empty, uh, but I think it's just because nobody, if nobody's around to see it, it didn't happen. Uh, sort of mentality whenever Prasad shows up. Uh, nobody really wants to know what they're doing because they don't have to explain it to anybody later or be considered a witness that needs to be silenced. <laughs> Not that that's a big deal in this situation. It also means nobody uh, is visibly witnessing <laughs> this unusual embarrassment. Um, <laughs> so the understudy still shaking, still shaking his head, like not so much angry as just sort of mildly frustrated with the situation and almost embarrassed. <sighs> You're yeah. Today just is not going well. Uh, we're going to go. <laughs> this did not. Uh, yes, we are. We are going to leave now. It's important that you understand that Ladane is angry, but I think perhaps I will leave the rest to him. <laughs> and then the, the understudy motions and all of the soldiers collect themselves and start moving out. Uh, yes, we tremble for Ladane's wrath. Bye now. It's, it's important to note that... If things were serious in that situation, there were actually six soldiers plus an untested uh, individual. You uh, you think he's a dragon-blooded? When you think about how... I mean, also, you were all pulling punches. I get that. <laughs> but, like, th that's just sort of, uh, sort of an idea. Like, numbers can matter. Because imagine those guys were actually hitting you back. Every time you hit one of them, maybe your initiative's going up, but every time they hit you, your initiative's going down. And then if you were to break, all it takes is one of them with a decent initiative to take you out, right? Well, I don't want to overstate the obvious, but we've done a pretty good job trying to avoid combat, so... Yes. I. You sound just worried that like we're going to be like, oh, well, given how good this went, let's just take <laughs> on an army. <laughs> No, it's a, it's, a, it's a cautionary tale. I don't want to kill my player characters if I can avoid it. I'm just, sorry, I'm used to, like, loose cannons going freaking crazy and just fighting everything because I used to be that guy. Um, okay, so Yannick the Thin, wispy willow of a man that he is, his pale hair blowing in the wind, wraps, <laughs> wraps his arms around Rojan. Oh, it is so good to right? see you. Thank you for coming to our aid. No, <laughs> no problem, Yannick. Do you know how you can uh, repay me? I, I would be super indebted if you could do me just this wonderful one super great favor. 
anything anything that you want and actually you can see that rochelle is helping uh pick bally up right now well no she's already up sorry um like just helping to comfort her because Mm -hmm. that was uh that's bad they got some bruises anything anything you want well, I, I know that you and Bally have been kind of curating the flock, as it were. I'm worried that this kind of behavior could be carried out on other people that uh, we have befriended. I need the two of you to go with Rochelle. And the same okay. way we got your two names on this piece of paper to protect you, we need to get the names same of way, everybody same else. Me. Yes. Everyone else. Yeah. You, you good with that too, Rochelle? Yep. <laughs> Rochelle's nodding. Yeah, but didn't weren't weren't you trying to like establish it as like sort of a secret kind of group thing? Well, that's kind of out now. Um, also, we can leave this church here for now, but we're gonna make another one later. It'll it'll be oh. yeah. It's <laughs> it's great. I appreciate it, but since it's how did you know this is a church? Uh, it's one of those things that I just noticed. <laughs> and Bally, Bally just sort of looks away and pulls me on gates. As I, uh, as I come walking out of the alley, I also just want to kind of join in the conversation by saying, preferably build this one out of stone. Oh yeah, stone definitely out of stone. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it won't burn as much. I, well, we, I prefer yeah, it. We were just putting together what we had with yep. the collections from just, uh, you know, the the uh, the stitch work that I had made. Just a, the, the, there was some very nice blankets that I made. With, oh, oh, yeah, in we'll, we'll, put, we'll put them in, in the in, new in the new church for sure. In the new church. Yeah. Where is the new church going to be? Uh, it's going to be a little ways away and not right here because they know it's here and I don't want to endanger anyone right now. So Okay. But first we need to save all of those people. So if we could, you know, because you know them all, if you could just go and get, get them to get their names on the paper so it's all okay, then uh, that, right. that would be awesome. Right. Bally comes over and... Uh, and she's never been, never been as uh, as delicate as Yannick. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's uh, also, it's important to note that she is actually maybe just a dot less pretty than you. Oh, wonderful. Like this is, uh, this is, uh, she, <laughs> she's, you know, she's, she, she's a looker. Uh, she's Volovat, right? Uh, yeah, she is Volovat. Yeah. Rojan, I don't know what you've gotten yourself into. But this is not okay. We all come here for different reasons, but we're we're just here to celebrate you, and now we're being beaten for it. That's why we need to make sure that everyone else's name is on this on this list so that they can't be beaten. Like, I just found out about this problem. I came here straight away to try and solve it. I don't think I'm gonna make any like I don't think you need to make any social rules here. She's just looking for a bit of reassurance. You did show up, you did help them, but you did take a punch to the face, and that kind of upsets her. Um, whereas Yannick is, like, full-blown into you. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> like uh, really into you, like Paramore style. That one fell flat. Uh, so, <laughs> so, 
Oh wow! Were you really talking about the band? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I did that. Oh, okay, I did that. Um, <laughs> uh, so you can see in her eyes, like if we're talking mechanics, like in terms of intimacy, she's she seems to be sitting more on a minor uh then yeah, yeah yeah whereas yannick is very much a, a major to defining <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um he's he's definitely drank the kool-aid a little bit deeper than she has um if okay knowing that <laughs> i think i mean this is the appropriate time for me to try and bolster that intimacy and <laughs> i think <laughs> Sometimes we must suffer in our penance. <laughs> my, my, my dear Bally. <laughs> I mean, I think we, we hold those things in common. Like I said, I did come here as soon as I knew there was a problem. I do think it's a problem. That's why I'm, I'm urging the two of you to go with Rochelle and make sure that everyone is safe. And I think that this is definitely the lowest point that, that, that we're at. I mean, we're, we're just trying to get things started. And there are bound to be some speed bumps. You know, the speed bumps that you put to stop uh, horse pulled carriages from going too fast. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't... What's this word? There, Cell there, phone. There, understand there, this there reference? There are bound to be uh, rough patches, probably a similar kind of idiom. I, I think that this is this is the the worst kind of thing. Like we're we're being struck while we're vulnerable, and things can only get better from here. And it's important to me that things get better from now on for everyone. I mean that that's that's one of the reasons why we're being targeted is because we're in a position now where we can actually make everything better for everyone, and like that's the most important thing we can do. And it's gonna. It gets to start now. And as you give that explanation, you can see that her expression lightens. She, like, she's not fighting you on this. She was just legitimately concerned because, like, she just got assaulted. But hearing you just being there, showing up in her defense, showing up in the church's defense, and just giving her this reassurance, and, like, you having one of the most effective attacks in that entire fight, um, which she was, yeah, like, was right there good. for to witness. Also, goofiest attack, but whatever. Uh, she won't She won't dwell too much on that. It, like, it has endeared her, or you to her, in, in a way that, like, she her, her defenses are not up, so this is going straight through. And I'm going to say that from a mechanical standpoint, this was what was needed to shift her from a minor intimacy to a major intimacy. Her faith in you is growing and she is going to hold on to that and use that to get her through today and help define her decisions tomorrow and moving forward. Instead of feeling bad about teaming up with a guy who just it ended up getting her hit, she, she's feeling good about this situation, which is a very strange place to be in when a few minutes ago she was getting pushed around and got hit. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's where we are. And I think that uh, just for, for time's sake, that is where we are going to leave things. Uh, I'm going to say that Rochelle, uh, Rochelle can work with Bally and Yannick to, to get this all sorted out. 
the people who want to be recognized as belonging to your church can can have contracts assigning them to uh, membership of either mining or some kind of administrative staff. And we can kind of do a sweep all. Now, before we close and we, and we do an actual talk, I'm going to shift right into a cutscene. And the cutscene is the understudy walking into his what it looks like it might be an office he shuts his door he shutters the windows and then he walks over to his closet the closet is made out of a rich dark wood and what he does when he approaches it is he lifts a finger up to it and starts sketching a design on everywhere that his finger touches illuminates in a red glow and once done, he places uh, his left palm on the door and the door actually fizzles and shifts to an entirely red glow. And it's like the wood just disappears and he steps through. And as he steps through, waiting on the other side in an incredibly bright and vibrant and opulent office, is what appears to be a very skinny lion made out of gold. And this is not just a regular lion. This is a particularly large one towering over this individual by at least two or three feet. As the individual enters, the lion looks down with molten glowing gold eyes and says, Lavinia. The Briar Maiden, third seat on the Bronze Council, secretary for the Court of the Hunt, chosen of Mars. You are now charged with improper transport and illegal movement into Yushan. How do you wish to pay this fee? And as, as the understudy moves forward, she actually grabs at the top of her head and pulls and the skin of the understudy and all of the uniform and everything pulls off and underneath there is a thin pale woman dressed in what is effectively just a flowing almost blousey material so it's really all just sort of white with a number of decoration or decorative jewelry so she she has a necklace and a couple of rings but other than that uh, seems pretty pretty down to earth she looks up at the lion and says just bill me. Take it on my regular pay. I don't care. The lion looks back down. It is done. Madam, the court requests your attention without delay. And she continues walking into the office and she says, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to push back. I don't have enough time. I have somewhere else I need to be. Madam, I sincerely request that if you are going to trans or travel illegally again, well, no, I encourage you not to. I turn a blind eye to this, but if this continues, I will have to intervene as any guardian of Yushan should. Well, that's why I like having you around. You see, you're a little more pliable than uh, the, the average guardian. I'm sure we can talk about something that, uh, that, that, that you could agree with. But for right now, there are two things that I need you to do. I need you to, number one, turn around, and number two, let the court 
<laughs> let the court of the hunt know that I will be there at the regular scheduled time. But, but for now, they just need to, to wait. All right? And then she actually walks over to three other doors and she chooses to go through the one uh, the most on the most right and she does the symbol thing again places her left hand on it it flashes red then it's uh, just, just sort of a, an empty portal and she walks through it and that is how we are going to end this session nice it's important to note that the stuff that she took off she just sort of drops it on the ground and it's like a flappy skin gross <laughs> i mean no not really <laughs> so um what did we learn today kair what did we learn today uh uh some of the finer points i guess of the um of how this uh contract works um and some of the ways that it can be exploited. Uh, I learned about the use of Chibikame, which is adorable. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty cool. <laughs> um, I guess a bit of a... I don't want to say a weak point, but a, a sore spot in Muckdog with that moment he shared with Rochelle. Mm-hmm. Um, which was interesting. Uh, and then, as for Dan, uh, I learned a little bit about combat today. <laughs> there you um, go. Yeah, we all did, I think. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, slow going, and I, I couldn't help but feel frustrated through most of it, but that's almost entirely based on just hellishly bad rolls. Um, yes, you did roll very bad. It's important to acknowledge that. Also, you yeah. roll bad and were sort of in a fight out of your element. What's interesting is you could have also chosen to to use your your bow and arrow to to perform withering attacks. But mm-hmm. when it came to actually disarming or stopping that arrow, it would have been a lot harder if you hadn't been right up in that dude's face. Yeah. So I think overall you made the right decision. But it's important to note that in the future, you can use your bow for withering attacks to just, like, knock people down um, into initiative break. Oh, I know. Just, it's, uh, that bow is, it's not subtle. That is a very good point. Um, (laughs) that is, uh, that is a big outing thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess, realistically, I probably should have a, maybe next episode we're going shopping. (laughs) <laughs> for uh, a little mundane bow for now. <laughs> Should have got Raven to keep that other one. I, my, my initial want... I was going to make a joke about selling that. My initial want had been to disarm the guy um, and keep his bow, but um, <laughs> even at like a difficulty three, my initiative was only sitting at six. I wasn't feeling particularly good about the odds. And so yeah, I figured... Good. I'll, I'll do, like, I think what was going to be the most effective thing I could. Okay. Well, cool. I think we will shift over to... Uh, uh, is there anything else you wanted to say, or shall we shift over to Stu? 
Uh, I don't think so. I think uh, that's pretty good. Um, I'm glad to learn a little bit more about what uh, what Rogan's got, like kind of the infrastructure he already has in place. Um, I didn't know he already had like employees and staff, um, which <laughs> is cool to see. Everybody's got secrets. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you got to see that. <laughs> Just a little on the inside. I didn't actually have uh, any churchgoers uh, ready. I don't know why. I didn't think to have them ready. I made I made both of those people on the spot. Nice. Um, but uh, I mean, it's just uh, it's <laughs> this town is made up of just people who show up on boats, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it can really be anybody from anywhere, yeah. which is kind of nice. Uh, Yannick Yannick the Thin is is MVP, um, especially his like. Yeah. He's got this this cadence like um, like Jack Nance in Twin Peaks. Um, oh, he's, he's going like, there was salmon in the percolator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I was. Now that you've said that, of course, you're trying to come up with an NPC for Rojan. Thinking about me is where you go. Suddenly, you're inspired to create a tall, lanky, skinny hippie. <laughs> no, you are your own best friend. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think that's a good transition. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> Stu, what did you and Rojan learn this session? I, well, Rojan learned that there is an almost church, or at least a, a foundation of something that was intended to resemble a church. I don't know. I think Rojan is kind of worried about muddying everything up with a ton of bureaucracy and trying to keep different things straight, and it's going to be weird. Um, I th- That's fair. I, I, I think Rojan is now kind of... is going to want to take some preemptive steps and use his intelligence network to actually find out more about the people coming in so he can do ter- like terrible shit to leverage people's you know, everything that they care about to make them behave in town. Okay. Um, that will be interesting, and implementing it will be tough as you are currently remote. But yeah, and, and it's, it's yeah, that's like, like just a spark had occurred to him now, like, okay, this is out of control. How, do, how am I going to control this? Um, but the money that you will be ten- potentially making once the you, you sort out the mine, uh, the money goes a long way. Yeah, <laughs> money goes a real long yeah, way. As far as boats carry it. And I, yeah, just same as everybody else. I'm sure I'm gonna stumble through combat for a while. Uh, <laughs> we'll get uh, used to it. The yeah, more we yeah, do, yeah. we'll get used to it. Like even even me, there was I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. just because I'm I'm like I'm looking at a screen, and then I've got a bunch of other stuff open, and I was trying to track initiative, so I didn't have the combat section of the book open. Also, the combat section of the book is voluminous <laughs> to yeah. put it politely so you have to actually search for stuff in the pdf if you want to get exact answers and sometimes it takes you to seven different places so i think we did good having all of us here each fact checking uh really really helped out so thank thank you thank you all for that anything else before we move on to fred and raven well, i think that's it all right, so uh, Fred and Raven, what did you learn today? Uh, sure. So first thing, 
always have to uh, ask my compatriots if they need anything before I enter battle, just in case uh, something comes up where I can uh, give away items uh, to other people. You know, that's philanthropist as she is. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, additionally, um, definitely combat. I'm gonna have to go back and and review it. But more that it's not as simple as right. Like I'm sorry to invoke the the almighty pen and paper RPG, but um, in other RPGs, like sometimes you're just forced into combat, and I'm sure that happens in this as well. But uh, there just was more navigation of politics than I was expecting on the first time I, I entered combat, and. Uh, uh, it's more dynamic, and it actually makes it, to me, more interesting, uh, even though it's complicated as hell. Um, <laughs> That's fair. And so, yeah, I look forward to uh, to watching that uh, continue on. Me, personally, it was just... Uh, I think it was just based off of the design of, of this campaign, where it just kind of started out tossing me into uh, kind of Raven-centric uh, plot. And uh, it was kind of interesting slash uh intriguing to just kind of be along for the ride on this one and uh be you know without really an agenda going into tonight uh to be honest right i still got to figure out how to get a house built but like i said it wasn't uh (laughs) it wasn't priority at the moment it takes stew a day so or it takes it takes while while she's writing out the list of employees to save these people lives i'm like oh by the way yeah by the way i need a place to sleep tonight (laughs) all right so something to think about moving into the next uh the next episode there will be people probing trying to figure out if and how they can get at you uh the thing is some of you have completely blank slate relatives <laughs> like there's only so much you can lose and there's not that much there uh which i don't think is a spoiler for for anybody listening but uh, the other people who have anything hidden have done a really really good job of keeping it hidden so people are going to have to work if they really want to find stuff out and a lot of that stuff is removed so I'm not convinced that Prasad is going to be able to pressure you once uh, once Stu's church is in place. That sort of politicking is going to have to happen externally. Like if you piss them off enough, they will have to try to get something outside of um, their organization to deal with you. And that's going to be the same for everybody else you deal with in town. Uh, None of them will be able to act against you directly, but there will be a lot of politics uh, trying to work around it. But I think right now, next steps are there's a I don't know if we have to do the luncheon per se, but definitely the the party that's going to be thrown. You are probably going to want to you're going to want to explore, but also uh, surveying the mine and getting access to it and then getting it up and running. That is something that you're you're going to want to attend to. The mine can happen before the party or after. It is really your call at this point. So that's something to think about, and we can talk about what's going to happen and when uh, moving forward. Uh, other than that, I think maybe we can uh, we can sort of bring this one to a close. So I just want to say thank you, Stu, thank you, Dan, and thank you, Fred, for your time, and everybody out there listening. Thank you for bearing with us as we. <laughs> fumbled through that first combat i hope it was enjoyable for everybody out there dan 
when you do start shooting that bow, <laughs> dudes are going to die. <laughs> like they're they're going to die. I just want to say thank you again and thank you Chase. Yeah. Mhm. Tune in again soon, and I think we're just going to keep doing this because everybody seems to enjoy it. Also, very important, moving into next episode, everybody's characters, after today, you get to rejigger if you want to a little bit. You can shift stuff around. Uh, so a good example is Dan. You might want to take a little bit of melee, maybe. I don't know. Or or brawl. But uh, the option to shift to shift stats and alter your character all the way back. Like this is including experience. So actually I should talk about experience cause I was about to close yeah. off. Sorry. You get to basically make the, what is the final version of your character um, moving into next episode. But keep in mind that once we start next episode, that's the character we are playing with moving forward. So that character sheet, those abilities moving forward, that's who we've got for today. Everybody did great. I thought I'm just going to give out a, a flat, three xp for the day in terms of solar lunar xp uh i would say uh i'm gonna give out one solar xp to both um both fred and dan you <laughs> you both led the charge uh <laughs> leaders in your own right um more importantly dan when things got tough uh, you chose to throw your body in the way of an arrow instead of letting Starfish. it hurt something. Yeah, <laughs> instead of letting it hurt somebody that you cared about, or or hurt some something that you're somebody you cared about cared about. Maybe a few degrees of separation, but it was a very cool thing to do. <laughs> Fred, <laughs> you're little. You're like just doing the acrobatics and then the little flourish at the end, uh, really leaning into your character concept, which was was great. And then, Stu, I'm gonna give you, uh, I'm gonna give you the, the lunar XP as well, just because you're so freaking goofy but so pretty. <laughs> like, you're so funny. Um, I think I did a good job taking care of my flock today. You did, yes. You acted. Oh, yeah. you, you reacted right away. Um, the things that you possess and the things that you warden over, you you took care of them. So, uh, you definitely also earn your lunar XP for the day. All right. So I think we're gonna we're gonna leave there. And again, everybody, thank you for your time. And everybody out there listening, thank you. So have a good have a good night. Cheerio. Bye. Good night. Meanwhile, at the docks in Kajaru, 
There is a small ball of flame with arms and legs that is presently stepping from one foot to the other, leaving small little singe marks on the wooden walkways of the docks. It's standing anxious, trying to get anyone's attention, and then its opportunity arrives. A man looks down, sees the ball of flame, starts, and steps back. He is one of a few ferrymen that exist in town, and is a bit surprised to see a an actual ball of flame just striding along on the wood, but is not too surprised to notice that it's also being conscious about the fact that it's standing on a combustible object, and that it's trying very hard not to light it on fire by displacing its body weight. Hello there, little thing. What are you doing? The ball of flame bristles and actually uses its hand to point as it steps from foot to foot to the other side of the river. You need passage to the other side? The ball nods as it steps from foot to foot again. Again, little singes coming up from the wood. Not smoke yet, but you can see little black footprints where it came and where it keeps jumping back and forth. Oh, I, I can take you, but uh, I need payment. To which the little ball of flame almost contorts, stands for a few seconds, and then pushes out a silver dinar that bounces and sizzles as it rolls along <laughs> the gangplanks. Uh, the man reaches down instinctively to pick it up, but then stops as he actually burns his fingers and he starts shaking his hand and curses. Oh, this is, this is going to be complicated. And he looks around. On his deck, there's actually a cup, a, uh, a an iron mug that he was using to, to drink, for lack of a better description, whatever a man of his caliber drinks. Uh, he throws it over the side of his ship and then wipes it out with uh, with part of his <laughs> part of his shirt and then promptly drops the coin in. Then he looks at, at the little flame elemental and sighs. Shakes the coin a little bit, hoping that it'll cool down, spits on it, there's a bit of a sizzle, then it relaxes, looks up in the air, dumps the contents of the cup on his hand, puts it in his pocket, wipes out the cup again, holds it out so that the flame elemental can climb in, which it does. He then proceeds to put the cup on a plate on one of the, uh, for lack of a better term, but rests on his little skiff looks down at the flame who is particularly anxious as they are now over top of the water in a boat that is rocking he says oh don't worry about it i do this all the time grabs a stick after making sure that uh his boat is untied from the side of the dock pushes off and starts moving across the river and so the adventures of the flame elemental continue